Hello and welcome to the Audible Extension for Interstellar Space Genesis. I am your co-host today, Rob, and I am joined today by Nate. What's up, Nate? Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going well, sir. And we're also joined today by the reviewer, Oliver Mesmorki. How are you doing, sir, Oliver? Doing pretty well. Can't complain. Fantastic. So this is an opportunity for us to talk about what was left on the cutting room floor with the review. I'm going to turn this over to Nate so that you can start asking us questions. Nate. First of all, thank you very much for adding the review. No problem. No problem. And Rob, thank you for adding your perspective to it. It took forever. I, the, those two paragraphs were painstakingly difficult. You are a perfectionist. So for those that don't know, Rob will sometimes sit there for hours on end looking at every individual <laughs> word. And then he yeah. writes it out. I I feel like they're all still bad, but it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways. So, like Rob had said, one of the things that happens during the editing process is that, though the review format is changing, so stay tuned for that. We're going to have a piece talking about it and whatnot. But, anyways, regardless, when we edit, when we edit an article, we might want to include... Every thought we have, every opinion, every little nuanced aspect of the game, but we don't have 15,000 words to put it in. And certainly we don't have the time to write it and then the time to edit. So do you feel like anything that you were going to cover but didn't get covered was left? What would you leave behind? What are we covering today, basically, in the Audible extension? Yeah, uh, so this is... um... You know, the funny thing is, is that you said 15,000 words. The review did come in at about 5,000 words, so it was ludicrously thorough, I think, even by our standards. And, you know, I don't feel like we left too much from a mechanic standpoint on the table. You know, we covered all the basics in a pretty good level of depth. Um, You know, I think one of the things, and maybe this is a question to kind of tee up and, and Rob can share his perspective, you know, one of the interesting things that I got at in the review is that you know, is is Interstellar Space Genesis, the mouthful of a name aside, is this sort of the Mutu uh, successor game that we've all been waiting for or that maybe some of us have been ma- waiting for? Maybe some of us have moved on from uh, wanting to see kind of a formulaic 4X in that sense. But that was something I tried to get at in the review um, and kind of couched it in, you know, is this game sort of innovating and improving on the Mutu formula or is it really trying to take the game in a new in a totally new direction um and so you know rob feel free to jump in if you'd like i i do think that you know if you go and look at the steam reviews just to kind of lead off with this right now as of the time of our recording it's about 81 percent positive which is pretty darn good i think for a game that just launched it was a little higher than that a few days ago but it seems like it's doing pretty well And it's interesting, a lot of the reviews, if you read through them, people are saying, this is like, you know, what Moo 3 should have been or what Moo 4 should have been. You know, it captures a lot of that magic and that feeling from, you know, the old Moo 1, Moo 2, more Moo Moo 2. Um, So in that regards, I feel like the game kind of is, is delivering on its intent, but that doesn't always mean that that intent, you know, goes over well with everybody. So yeah, I think and, that was what, yeah, go ahead. Well, you brought up the steam stuff. So I really would like to address one particular review that Adam Solo took the time to respond to pretty thoroughly to, but it was, it was a review basically that said like, 
if you're trying to do Mu too, like everything about what you've done here is it falls short, right? So like they were saying, like there's less races, that you know, just basically and and in general, just saying that there's less content. And I thought Adam Silva did a really good job of responding to that particular review because it was a negative review. And some of the stuff that I that I saw there and read there was actually stuff I agree with. You know, like. truthfully there there are fewer races than i would have liked there are fewer uh, planet types and stuff like that some of the mechanics do feel you know kind of 1990s ish but i thought adam solo responded really well by by addressing each of those and saying hey listen we have plans to you know create more content in this area that you know that he he was talking about the uh, i forgot what they're called they're relics or you know how how you excavate you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's Oliver, like the, the ancient artifacts and those right, kinds yeah. of things. Right, yeah, and so you you'll eventually, you, you occasionally will find that on a planet, and you'll get to go and, and use one of your survey ships to uh, actually unearth whatever it is that, that's there, and sometimes they can be pretty game-changing. I do like that mechanic, but I do like, I, I, did, I kind of agreed with the negative review and that it was, they, they kind of feel a little anticlimactic in the presentation, so... I, I, again, I think Adam Slow did a very good job of responding to it and saying, hey, listen, we understand, we get that, you know, this is our base product, we're going to make it better, we're going to keep working on it. But at the same time, you know, I think some of us, and myself included, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, here's this base product that we know we're going to have to fix or make better because we realized that we kind of, we, we did release with less content than we wanted. So, you know, 81% yeah. is great. I'm I'm with you. I think that's a great start for a game, especially an indie game that's made by two people, really. But there's stuff to talk about, for sure. (laughs) I think we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, you know, one of the things that's really interesting that I think your your comment just hit on is that, you know, I'm a kind of consider myself a pseudo-game designer, at least in the board game world. So I'm often coming at games kind of thinking about, like, what are the mechanics? Like, how are those working? How are those creating you know, interesting decisions or challenging situations or whatever else. Um, But I think, you know, something that has really changed in the Forex market over the last six or seven years or or thereabouts is, is kind of some of the things that you mentioned in terms of like having a large amount of content and like the presentation of a lot of those things being part of the overall experience. And certainly if you look at something like, you know, Endless Space 2, right? It's just sort of dripping in that side of it. And, you know, I would certainly never criticize Endless Space 2, uh, you know, for its presentation and its aesthetics and the amount of stuff that's packed in the game. You know, on the flip side, I would criticize that game for some of its mechanics and how some of those don't always kind of work out quite as well as they sound on paper. And so for me, you know, I think it's interesting looking at Interstellar Space Genesis or ISG, I don't, I don't know what we're going to call this thing. We need a shorter acronym. It really is a mouthful, isn't it? It's, <laughs> I know. So, um, but, you know, I feel like the, you know, the mechanics for this game are pretty tight, but it doesn't have that layer of presentation that really grabs you maybe in the way that a lot of other newer games are. And so maybe it ends up feeling a little dry from that standpoint. Maybe Maybe that's kind of what you were getting at there. Yeah, and so I think that okay, there's there's in one corner we can we can look at Amplitude Studios, and then the other corner we can look at Praxis Games. So one one corner being Axis or Amplitude is is pushing it forward. I think maybe they're not always hitting, you know, the nail on the head, and 
maybe they're you know like you said the gameplay is is sort of missing the point like it sounds good on paper and then it kind of you know fails in execution and i for me i feel more drawn to that attempt than praxis games you know playing it safe you know like they've taken gameplay mechanics clearly that worked because you know master ryan 2 is one of the most you know lauded games of all you know any 4x game so i so yeah, I, yeah. But but you, they put it super safe by keeping you know the, clearly the game mechanics work well because they have been enjoyed. But at the same time, when you've mirrored them almost to you know like to the you know almost to copycat them, it gets to the point where it just feels like you know maybe maybe they played it way too safe. And and for me, and I think there are players like me that look at that and say yeah that was too safe. Whereas I'm you know and that's because I am I am a player that's more drawn to innovative gameplay innovative attempts at gameplay and maybe not the execution like sometimes the execution does fall short but i'd rather see attempts of like something that i haven't tried before because i'm sure sure you know it makes sense well here's there is a a trap laid in there in a sense what you're just talking about rob is that if you move too far away from the script then people get really angry, like, hey, we thought it was going to be this type of game. And they changed it. And they're not doing what they had said they would do, or we didn't expect this, and this is bad. So you have that built in there. So the devs are stuck in this pattern where move too far away from, from the norm, and you have an unhappy player base. Stay too close to the norm and you have an unhappy player base. So you're always looking for that middle ground. But here's my take on it. Like, we haven't even jumped into the, like, the finer points of the game itself, of uh, interstellar space genesis. I've been saying it for so much, for so long. I don't have a problem, you know, saying <laughs> it out loud. Because, but Troy brought, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Troy would bring it up all the time, like, something's off with the name. And, like, I get it, you know, the, the Praxis games, they got to do what they got to do, you know. But still, that name is it's, it's a mouthful. Okay, so here's my main point with the game. For this Audible extension... I fired up Interstellar Space Genesis or ISG and I went through a couple of different steps and I did a couple of different things. And my take is this, if this game had been released 10 years ago or maybe even 15 years ago, I have a feeling this game would have been a blockbuster. As it stands right now, it would have just been like blowing people away left and right because 10 years ago would have been 2009. Uh, I think outside of Galsif 2, there wasn't much going on. Yeah, that was a pretty slow time. And, Maybe, and 15 uh, years ago, 2004, even less. There, there are a couple of little things, but 4X was really in a lull for quite a long time. And if a game like this would have come out, it would have cleaned up across the board. Today... It won't. Not because it's not mechanically sound. Not because there's structural problems in the game. It's not a good game. It is a good game. Oh, this game is... It's ugly. It's not ugly. Oh, it doesn't play well. As far as I can tell, as far as I can read, as far as what I saw, it played well. I didn't have issues with any kinds of bugs crashing it. I didn't see slowdowns and any issues with performance. Granted, mm -hmm. my laptop... You know, it's got some some got some balls to it, but it's almost three years old and it ran the game fine. 
runs most games fine these days. But anyways, all that aside, that's all irrelevant. The issue I have is, is that you have other games like Stellars, like Endless Space 2, like Galsif 3. You know, if we're going the big three, like the big three space 4X, right? And if I can interject too, if you're going to go towards a game that's much like Master of Ryan, you have... I was going to... I was. That's what I was going to mention. <laughs> stars, you, you have... Stars in Shadow, right? So like, you. Well, you have Stars in Shadow that is from a dev... St- from an indie studio. But if yeah. you're going to go a game like Master of Ryan, you have Master of Ryan Conquer the Stars. You know, so yeah. you have all these games that are... And and I was specifically speaking about like my expertise, which is the user interface and eye candy type stuff. And you have these types of games that present information in a very particular way. And you can deep dive. And there's been a lot of going back and forth and fixing and taking community feedback. So ISG hasn't been out for that long. So, I mean, who knows what it's going to look like two, three years from now as far as that feedback goes. But again, you have games that have been out for a bit you have endless space that the first one came out i believe in 2012 which was seven years ago and that game which just blew everything out of the water so now every game that's coming out has to look at those games and and compete with them on purely aesthetics not even before you even get to gameplay what's the first thing that anybody sees of a game what they see not what they play before they ever play a game they see the game so you know it's it's hard. It's a very tough field to try and break into. And I think they're going to have a harder time as a result of it because I'm just, you know, the games coming from the AAA studios and from the AA studios are just stunning. And all the indie devs are having issues with exposure, you know, and we can get into whole, all kinds of other topics about that. But I just, I don't know, like... If I have one hour to play in any given night and I'm sitting down and I'm like, okay, what am I playing tonight? Yeah, you know my answer. Bejeweled 3, 100% of the time. But yeah, if it's exactly. not Bejeweled 3 or XCOM, then, you know, my my go-to darling of late has been Thea 2. Yeah, yeah. And that's another game that's not, does it's not on the level of Endless Legend or Age of Wonder, but it's... You know, it's got the components. So for for you know a graphics whore like me, this game is not cut. So so here's a here's a question, just kind mm-hmm. of to go back to a couple of the games you mentioned. You know, think about ISG from both a mechanic and gameplay standpoint, and then also from kind of the presentation standpoint. And mm-hmm. you know, I think Moo Conquer the Stars and then Stars and Shadows are probably the most applicable games from like standpoint of being like these are straightforward like 4x kind of formulaic sort of mutu derivatives or re-implementations whatever word you want to use Mm -hmm. um you know and you know i played a bunch of moo cts you know production value all that i mean we've talked about that before the game looks great like i had you know very little staying power for me from a gameplay standpoint i don't know how, how others feel but then, like Stars and Shadows, you know, I think they had that had some great gameplay ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably more similarities and more kind of closer to Moo Two in a lot of ways, with like the mm-hmm. turn-based tactical combat and mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. kinds of things. You know, I think the thing that sets Stars and Shadows apart, though, is that like love it or hate it, it's got a distinctive graphic style, right? Yes, they kind of worked 
you know, they, they're on an indie budget and they said, you know, what can we do that's going to look cohesive and interesting? Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, you know, it has that sort of immediate appeal or, oh, hey, that looks interesting <laughs> that mm-hmm. I could see, you know, being a reason for people to give that game a try. And that's definitely, I think, the thing that ISG struggles with the most is in that sort of graphic department and kind of how mm-hmm. that pulls you in and, and kind of the overall feeling or doesn't. that you get. Yeah, or, or doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, and okay, so I don't mean to like dogpile here, but at the same oh, no, time, go ahead. I, I do feel that, you know, some of the graphics are actually pretty decent. And I feel like that's yeah, part yeah. of my issue is that it feels really hit or miss and they don't feel cohesive. I mean, if, if they'd stuck with a, a, like, you know, and I, I said this in my review, but if they just stuck with an aesthetic direction, I would have been okay with it, no matter exactly. what it was. And it just feels like they tried one thing here and they tried another thing there. And yeah. it doesn't like really, the planet view. Exactly. Like you've got like old school, like 90s 3D graphics there, but then you go to like the leadership menu or the leader menu or any of the leader portraits really are actually pretty well done. I like the, I like the hand-drawn look and kind of a cool animated. Yeah. Animated hand-drawn. Right. And like my issue with the planet view is like the game that I started today, I was just, just doing it blind, you know, just whatever the settings were set to just fired up, skip through the tutorial I'm on Earth, I'm zooming in, I'm looking around. You know, I zoom in on Earth and I get this tiny little city. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. doesn't feel congruent for sure. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wait, huh? What? And well, that, that's, that feels like a good segue to start talking about some of the stuff that I really do feel like is actually a, a not maybe across the board complaint, but I, I feel like I've seen a lot of discussion about the pacing of the game mm-hmm. in... Mm-hmm. For me, it was something that I immediately mentioned. And I, I started talking about even when I was doing my little Let's Explore too, and it and it's it's popping its head up on the reviews and some of the talk that I've seen on Reddit and stuff like that, where people do seem to have an issue with the pacing, and I, I completely agree. It feels like the pacing is completely off, especially in the beginning of the game, where you know, I know that you're probably you're mm-hmm. you're meant to use that wheel, you know, that production wheel to you know, allocate more, more of your income towards production, but you know, you're talking about turn time or or building times of like 75 turns, a hundred turns at the beginning of the game. And it just feels overwhelming. Like it doesn't feel fun. So, so let me jump into that. Cause I think, so I, full disclosure, I had the same, you know, I, I've been involved in the beta stages, the closed testing stages of ISG had a chance to look at it probably over a year ago. Uh, when it was still in alpha state. And that was one of my very first points of feedback when I first started playing the game. I was like, whoa, this pacing seems crazy. Stuff takes forever. You know, you queue up a colony ship and it's like 99 plus turns to build. And you're like, what? what? Um, and so something, though, that I've come to realize is that there's ways of sort of playing out the early game that really don't lead to that. You never, you, you should never actually be sitting there for 99 turns building out a colony ship. There's a whole bunch of little things that you can do to boost production, picking certain techs over others, um, you know, getting an early asteroid mine using the um, kind of space culture system to get out, outpost ships early. So a whole bunch of different things that you can use to really ramp up your production pretty quickly. The, the tricky thing is, is that you know, as you just alluded to, as many of the Steam reviews have mentioned, it's sort of like a like a noob trap almost, right? Like you start playing the game and 
you, you don't realize all these little things to do in like the first 10 or 15 turns of the game that can like dramatically cut down on construction time. And so, you know, as I've got more experience with the game, I, I don't think that that's an issue at all. Like I've, you know, within the first 50 turns of the game, I can build a colony ship in like 15 turns for ex- or 20 turns at the most, um, for example. And so the thing is, though, is that, you know, most people, until they've figured it out, that's going to be their impression that the pacing seems really weird and crazy. Um, and it and it can be if you don't sort of know how to game the system a little bit. And so I'm not saying that this is a good thing. I keep, you know, I brought it up right before the game came out and I said, you know, think about what this is going to do as far as creating first impressions for people. And is that something that should be adjusted? You know, maybe, for example, uh, to your point about Earth looking like one little lonely colony, like maybe your home worlds should start right off the bat with like three or 400 production worth of development, you know, more populations, a couple of buildings already built, things like that, that would kind of jumpstart people past that really slow buildup phase and let people get into the good stuff sooner. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's something that they'll look at or they'll want to revisit, but, you know, I, I definitely think the pacing is a issue, whether it's just a perceived issue or an actual issue. Um, you know, it's still something that needs to be thought about. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because, like, if you if you think about it too, you start the game off with a small fleet, right? So you've clearly gotten to the point where you're producing ships. You know, mm-hmm. if if we're if, let's use Earth as an example, so humanity has gotten to a point where they're producing ships capable of <laughs> traveling to other stars, right? And it just seems so weird to me that like that, yeah, okay. And your in your case, Nate, like you're looking at Earth and it's like this barren planet with nothing on it, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. make that. I mean logically that doesn't make any sense because clearly right. you're you should be this like economic powerhouse because you've clearly right. gotten to the point where you're building stuff. You're in space. Yeah, exactly. Space. So it should be and I, I think that's something that they need to dial in is that the home world should be something that's very capable of, of producing ships and stuff like that. And then yeah, you know, when you start to colonize other planets, let it be difficult. It should be difficult, right? Because I mean yeah, hell yeah. the idea of colonizing other planets is 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 going to be difficult. So Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe that maybe they scale back the or maybe they scale up the difficulty of other planets of colonizing other planets to kind of offset that that good start that you have with your your home world so it's uh, clearly i'm not a game balance or a game designer i, I you know I, I know when things are off but i don't know how to fix them so like i can look at it and say that that doesn't feel right it doesn't feel fun because i don't like pushing the intern button or whatever it is to basically you know 20 turns until I get a ship or something and I'm just waiting yeah. for other ships to move to other planets that that's done before. I've been, I've done that for, you know, countless other games and where I'd like to see that yeah, change is that, you know, those, those empty turns need to go away. And if we can get to a point where those empty turns go away, I think a lot of the other stuff, a lot of that hidden balance, a lot of that hidden depth that's there that I could clearly see will, will start to show through. So, mm-hmm. so maybe just a shift, gears a little bit on uh you know i don't know what your what difficulty setting you guys have been playing on or like as you've gotten further into your game sort of what mm. the experience has been just the base whatever was set at base literally i fired it up and the way it was set up at launch that's how i left it and what i played yeah so probably not just on normal yeah yeah normal or easy whatever it is you know the yeah, tutorial was turned on i was like quiet mm-hmm. <laughs> i was closing them it's, even though the voice work is fantastic yeah, so, yeah. 
you know, I was just like, no, I don't care. Just let me play. Let me play. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've done I've done the same thing. I started off that way, but then I've, I've I have bumped it up to hard. And okay, you know, I've it doesn't feel too much more difficult. I know that Adam Solo and Praxis Games, I should say in general, have said that the AI doesn't really get much of a a bonus. Like I guess they start better off, but they don't actually, mm-hmm. you know, they don't cheat. Right. So that that in and of itself is actually pretty good. I'd say that the AI is actually in a pretty good place considering yeah. the indie development team that's there and how early we are in the game's life cycle. Yeah. But it's still something that would need improvement, I'm sure. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've the the area of the AI that I've been impressed with is uh you know, this is a game where, you know, kind of in the middle stages of the game, you might have, you know, four or five or six colonies floating around and probably that many or more outposts, right? Trying to collect strategic resources or on asteroids. And the AI can be pretty ruthless when you get into a war with them of them, like sending multiple little fleets around to like grab your outposts and steal them from you. And then you like send a force in to try and attack them and their ship runs away and creates this sort of like cat and mouse dynamic of, you know, kind of forces you to think about where are you going to leave your forces to defend um, so that they don't just keep like snatching all these little outposts away from you. So I think it's pretty neat to see that kind of back and forth dynamic because, you know, I think, you know, hopefully as the game continues to build, we get more of that because in a lot of 4X games, and this is certainly guilty of it a little bit too, but you get into that kind of one big battle mode, right? Where you just have, hey, my fleet versus theirs, I crushed you, kind of game over for that person's empire. And I feel like in the battles that I've had and the wars that I've had in this game, there's been more like smaller groups of things flying around um, that we've had to deal with kind of simultaneously, which is, I think, a good sign, a good direction that it's moving in. So... But you know, hopefully, they, hopefully they'll continue to build that out, and that gets stronger in the future. So, all right, uh, another another thought, though. Maybe speaking of battles, I'll shift over um, to something, Rob, that you mentioned <coughs> earlier was some of the discoveries and things that you could make. And I think this is a part where you know I do worry a little bit about the game balance because you can find some ludicrously strong stuff in those discoveries and looking through like ancient ruins and stuff like that. I think my uh, biggest example, I think in, you know, within the first 50 turns of the game, I found these positron missile technology that I could put on a cruiser ship that this just annihilates, you know, I'm like 300 turns into the game and it just one shots anything (laughs) that I come across, which is cool. But then at the same time, I'm like, I probably shouldn't actually be winning this game right now, but this positron missile just, lets me destroy everything so it doesn't seem like you know that's something to maybe think about from a balance standpoint right yeah they, they could either reduce the damage or they could make it so you couldn't possibly find that within the first hundred turns or something like that yeah absolutely I, and that's something that i thought was actually well addressed by adam on the the review he was saying that yep. you, you can find stuff that changes the game pretty dramatically but they definitely need to take a look at the balance of all that so well Here's a question for you. So let's say you find this missile tech, right? So what do you do? Do you go and outfit all your ships with it now and basically run a gamut on the whole galaxy? Yeah, you can. I mean, I, you know, I got this missile thing and I could, you know, made a cruiser design. It was actually my first, I hadn't even built cruisers yet, but I was like, well, this thing, you know, the cruiser is the smallest thing that it fits on. 
So I just started cranking those out. You know, I could build one cruiser in like eight or nine turns mm-hmm. on one of my big like production worlds mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of go to town and clean house with this thing. So, you know, I had a fleet of, you know, random stuff. And then I was just cranking these things out, and it was it was a little bit nuts. So definitely, well, definitely something to look at. The way I would address something like that is tech like this that's multi levels out of your discovery zone, meaning like you're out of reaching it probably for another two hundred, three hundred turns. You should be able to only build a limited amount because you don't have even if you have the tech for the missile. You might not have the infrastructure you need to be able to power the manufacturing of said missiles, you know, so maybe limit as to how many you can have. So instead of having, you know, like you said, building whole fleets of cruisers with these missiles, you can only really support having two or three. So the upkeep on tech that's so far advanced might be higher. Things like that. There's ways to yep. balance it without breaking the game while still giving you a bit of an advantage. So it feels like, because, yeah. I mean, look, let's be honest here. Why do any of us play any of these games? I mean, isn't it obvious we're power tripping? Oh, yeah. It's not a question of, oh, you know, I, I don't have this in my life. Well, duh, none of us are going to be a space emperor of our intergalactic Well. I don't know. You, I, I'm going to try. You might, you might, yeah. I, I might succeed. I don't know. I can't really discuss that. I'm NDA on that kind of stuff. But no, seriously, like, you know, that's why we play fantasy. That's why we play sci-fi games. That's why we play games in general is, you know, we're living out certain fantasies. So it's things like this make these games fun. If you have a perfectly, perfectly balanced game, that's not fun either. Yeah. So, you know, just one thing on your, you know, suggestions mm-hmm. about the missiles or any of the other stuff you know one thing that i think the game does that's pretty cool is when you discover one of the new strategic resources you get this kind of option about uh two or three different tech choices kind of a set of tech choices that you have to choose between um that utilize that strategic resource and you know based on whatever your decision is those potential technologies actually get added into the technology tree, and some of them are pretty far down the tree that you then have to go out and research, which is kind of a cool thing, right? It's like, hey, you know, you're going to make like an anti-gravity generator. Um, if you, you know, discover anti-gravity, re- you know, strategic resource or, or antimatter resource, um, but you don't immediately get that effect. That's still something that you have to work towards and then oh. spend the time researching, right? Oh, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. But even think think about it right now. Like, think think about, like, what we have in existence at the moment. Wireless mm-hmm. technology, right? The, the person who came up with the ideas for this was Hedy Lamar, what, 1940s, early 1940s? Yeah, yeah. And it's been almost 80 years, and still we're working off of her ideas from 80 years ago. But we had the technology to implement stuff like this 30 years ago, 40 years ago. What we didn't have was the infrastructure. What we didn't have was the knowledge base in order to not just create it, but to maintain it. Like the Internet, people think, oh, the Internet came to be in the 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. With dial-up. Well, the internet or the version that the internet is based on, the intranet, came about as a DARPA project, what, in the 60s? As a faster form of communication between NASA and some of the universities and national labs that were working on the space program? 
So it takes time. So if you implement something like that in the game, not specifically like that, or take into account when you're balancing the game, so you still have the cool tech or some variant of the cool tech, just not as much, you cannot maintain as much of it, then, you know, you have that power trip fantasy, but at the same time, you're not crushing your your whoever, you know, whatever opponent you, you are outright because you have just this giant leap of in technology, like essentially overnight or over year, I suppose, you know? Mm-hmm. Just as, as a one way of how to handle such power creep that happens. Yeah, and to Oliver's point, I really like that particular mechanic. I really enjoy hard choices like that, any kind of choices like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and when they're presented like that, I, it is. It's something where you have to kind of take you know, take a an inventory of where you are, what your plans are, and you know, do I want to maybe focus on my infrastructure and and use it to maybe have better production, or do I want to see better, you know, weapons capabilities or something like that? I like that a lot. Right. I think that's a great mechanic. You know, I think the last thing maybe that I just kind of wanted to mention on the topics for today. You know, I had made a post. It's you know public in the uh, ISG forums uh, where I had just shared a few kind of ideas relative to some of the weaker points of the game or some of the aspects I think could continue to get built out. Um, so I had some suggestions in there floating around about, you know, expanding the Galactic Senate to be something more than just like a win vote thing. Um, you know, adding in a lot of people have been talking about wanting to see a way of like moving population between worlds and planets. A whole bunch of uh, different suggestions in there. Um, you know, we can put that in the show notes and you can check it out. Uh, developers did respond, and um, surprisingly or unsurprisingly, maybe uh, a lot of those uh, points or things that they are also looking at and are thinking about either as part of upcoming patches or potential expansions down the road. So hopefully that all means good things for ISG to come. Um, you know, to kind of share some of my my sort of final appraisal on it. You know, I know you know the game certainly can have its presentation and kind of first impression challenges for people. Um, I think mechanically it's a super solid game and compared to say uh, Stars and Shadows or Moo, Conquer the Stars or some of the other kind of more traditional Space 4X games, I've definitely had the most fun playing this one, many of them in you know, the past many years. So I think you know, that's, there's, there's been a lot of sound design work that's gone into this and so hopefully they can continue to polish and build on it uh, going forward. So, yeah, that's a what what Adam Solo posted as a response that almost looks like a roadmap, part roadmap for what they're mm-hmm. going to do, and the other part is almost like a promise that if people keep talking about the game, people keep putting the time in, getting the word out, and the game keeps selling, they'll keep putting content out, and that's important, you know. Like, I think in the last year, there's been a lot of backlash when devs communicate openly with their community because you know on the one hand the community is like oh nobody's listening to us and on the other hand the devs are like we're listening but you guys are changing your mind every three seconds and all of this costs money so you know we can't just do whatever we gotta pay bills and live and things like that so the communication between developers and studios and publishers in general has been disappearing on all fronts and to have the guys from Praxis 
openly come out and say, hey, you know, we've heard you. Here are our thoughts on the subject. This is what we're looking at. I mean, that's that's very promising. I really like that. I, I want to see more of that, especially for indie developers that really totally. do depend on their communities to maintain these games, you know? Yep, their their feedback and engagement through the with the community through the development process was pretty outstanding, and I think that probably goes to their you know history over at Space Sector and sort of being on that side of the fence and knowing you know how frustrating or you know uplifting it can be to have that kind of response from a developer, and then wanting to sort of model that good behavior. So yeah, so yeah, they've been you know very responsive. So hopefully that's a good good sign for the game. All right, so I got a question for both of you guys. I mean, we've covered pretty much everything. So we covered some the good stuff, some not so good stuff where where the game can be improved. But I mean, what do you see personally for the future of Interstellar Space Genesis? Where do you see the game going? I mean, outside of what you had just said and what I had mentioned from the roadmap type stuff, where do you see Interstellar Space Genesis going on? What's in their future? So I guess to be very short and and sweet you know i i hope that overall you know regardless of you know whether it's patches or new dlcs or expansions that they layer on that people start to recognize it maybe as kind of the the spiritual successor that it set out to be and that it becomes kind of a reference point for saying all right you know if we're going to do something in this kind of traditional 4x format here's one where you know, they they nailed the mechanics. There's, you know, mechanically, there's nothing really super weak about the game. And hopefully if the presentation side of it continues to get polished and built out, um, it'll be something that kind of stands the test of time and that people can point back to and say, hey, yeah, you know, that was a solid, that was a solid game. And, uh, you know, it's successful and that people talk about it down the road. So I guess that would be my, my hope. I don't have a crystal ball to know if that's what will happen, but... We shall see. Well, what about you, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I just looked into my crystal ball, and uh, mm-hmm. what did it say? <laughs> what did it tell you? Well, tell you know, us. and I think I think Oliver's hit the head on the nail, nail on the head. God dang! Um, let's try this again. So I think Oliver's done a good job <laughs> of really kind of encapsulating what what I think the game does well, and I think that for the most part, I, I, I agree that this is a really good foundation for a good game. I just don't think it's there yet. And I think clearly my take on it with his review is a bit more pessimistic than what he felt and how he enjoyed the game. So I see, I see what I hope to see for interstellar space Genesis is a name change. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't really, I don't actually have such heart. No, you, you do want to see it. It's just at this point, it's a little too late. It's a little too late. Yes. No, but I, I think gameplay wise though, there are some very good ideas and that are on display here. So like I, like I've mentioned, I thought that the mechanic that Oliver brought up before with the decision-making as to where you're going to go with the strategic resources, that's a great idea. I think the remote exploration stuff is really good. I think the, artifacts the crazy discovery stuff the you know that that kind of stuff is actually really good i enjoy asymmetric gameplay so getting positron missiles at turn 50 doesn't really bother me as long as it's not so over overpowered that you know i don't need anything else for the rest of the game so yeah yeah or the other empire gets you know some quantum torpedo that like levels the playing field in an equally ridiculous way exactly so right. i yeah I, so some of the the, the gameplay elements here are, are gameplay elements that I really enjoy. And I think, the, the, like you said, the, the, 
the core gameplay is very balanced because it does take very heavily from Master Ryan 2. And so I think what I'd like to see is exploration of some different mechanics, maybe throwing in some new stuff that, that's kind of, you know, unique to Interstellar Space Genesis. And then also I think content really is really important right now. Just content, 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 adding more races, adding more technologies, uh, adding just everything really because I feel like this feels like a base game in so many ways not only because there's you know it is playing it safe but there's also just it does feel a little short on content and so a year from now I'd really like to see that in an abundance really I would like to see more content and I would like to see one or two things that they have done they try to do differently and that kind of pushes the envelope yeah, in some way. Exactly. Yeah. That maybe, you know, it, it's com- entirely unique to ISG. And you can look back. I mean, they've already mm-hmm. done some things that are pretty unique to ISG, but I really want to see them push the boundaries just a bit more. So, Like a mechanic that they had wanted to implement, but they couldn't for one reason or another. Right, because they... And now, yeah, time or money or... Now it's like, okay, game's out, this is done. Now let's see what we can do with the game moving forward. So one of those, like something we don't even maybe know about. Yeah, and and maybe, you know, taking the races and maybe the next couple races doing something just completely batshit with them. You know, like, it's always so, it's it's frustrating to me to see somebody, like, the, the, and a lot of games are guilty of this, so I'm not trying to say that ISG is the only one, but, you know, you get a game like this where all the animals... Or represented somehow in the alien races, like you know, yeah. you got your cat races and your dog races. I just, I, I, I'm tired of that. I like that's what I like about the endless games is that they, they really, you know, they push their creativity and their imagination out, and you get some pretty wild stuff. So I'd really like to see yeah. some more of that. And well, you know, I like I said, I, I don't want to seem like I'm too negative because I really do see a very solid foundation here. I just hope that they can push in different directions to make it less safe and more a balance of safe and a balance of maybe their own vision new something new because they 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 nailed master of orion too if we're talking about any modern release that is a spiritual successor that's not you know something done that's Mm -hmm. just a piece of art like literally eye candy so we can if we eliminate those titles then we have stars and shadow we have Interstellar Space Genesis. Uh, what else do we have? I don't think we have anything else. Yeah, as far as like hitting some of the, you know, the open space map and the turn-based tactical combat. I mean, yeah, that's bas- that's basically it as far as space games go. So they've done it. They've they've if if that is exactly what they set out to do, you know, accomplished goal accomplished. But now they need to stand out from everything else that is there because if they don't with the amount of games that are hitting steam or epic or Go- or gog or anywhere else it's just it's going to disappear so if you want to stand out you have to do something a little different you have to do something well not just different lots of people do different they need to do it well so word of mouth gets out oh have you seen this time yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's really different. Oh, but it's great. And it plays this and does that. You know, so that's that's their next, I think, 
well, that should be their next goal is to how to differentiate themselves from other titles, yet stay true to the vision that both they that they had and the community has for the game. And that is a very, very, very tough sell, and it's a tough way to balance it. I don't know. That that could be like trying to balance eggs and plates, spinning plates and standing on a ball and, you know, doing your taxes and like 50 other circus seals. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. With clowns throwing knives at you. I don't know. I mean, it gets. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, and for me, as a conclusion, I would say that to, to your point, Nate, I actually do think what they've done here, they've done very well. Yes. I think it's very solid. I just they haven't done enough. Well, and that's what I'm saying is I think that for me at least and I think a lot of the forex community well is not good enough anymore. Yes. You have to be spectacular because there are, there are so many contenders right now. There is so much competition right now and in order for you to stand out, you need to do better than well. And they did well. They might have even that's the thing is like it's not even a question of well. I think they did better than well. I think they did great. With well, their kind of, budget, with the, with what they came into the playing field with, I think they did great. But here's the problem. If I'm the target audience, not me as Explorminate or me as, you know, uh, part of Explorminate, but me as just a gamer, just, you know, Joe Schmo gamer, I have a limited amount of time to play. As much as I want to, you know, get down and, you know, get back to my roots and play, I don't have the time i have the money i can buy whatever i feel like buying but i don't have the time to enjoy it so if this is a game that i like i will buy the game just to support the developers and have it in case an opportunity presents itself but here's the catch you only get one chance to make a first impression so your first impression better be killer Mm -hmm. because if it's not killer something like stellar's or Endless Space 2, or Age of Wonders Planetfall, or Civ 6, or, you know, uh, Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War, or anything like that. Those games will just eat your lunch every single time. Endless Legend. You don't even have a chance because those games just grab you right away. So you have to make sure that what your first impression is just blows people away. And... With Interstellar Space Genesis, as a Space 4X fan, I liked what I saw, but I wasn't blown away. And that's what it came down to. If I'm going to be sitting down and spending an hour a week of playing, I, then as much as a nice guy as I pretend to be, or I'm told I am, that's not enough for me to spend one hour playing something that doesn't make me go, oh, wow, I, I can't put this down. I wish I had another hour to play. And that's kind of the bottom line for me. That's what's happened to me as a gamer over the last five, six years is that I've become so like, I know what I want. If I don't get what I want, I will not waste time playing it. Even if it's the most amazing thing ever. And when I post that, when I say that on Twitter or on Explorminate or anywhere else, people are like, Oh, what are you talking about? You're so elitist. And it's like, I don't think I'm elitist. I think it's just, I don't have time. It's a pragmatic kind of thing. Yeah. I guess. But that's my that's my my final message. I mean, I love what they did. I hope to see more, and I will keep talking about it. And I will keep telling people if they ask me, "Hey, Nate, do you know something good?" I'll be like, check this out. But if they're like me, in any way, shape, or form, they're probably going to have a very similar reaction. Oh, it was really cool, but you know, nothing happened in the first hundred turns. I don't have time to wait two hundred turns to see something happen. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I 100% agree with that statement. Okay, well, that's all I have to say. I mean, I, I really do wish him luck. We did, we did like the game. We'll keep an eye out. We'll keep talking about it. We'll keep, you know, if they ask us, we'll definitely let them know our thoughts and we'll keep the word going. But, you know, it's we can only buy so many copies. I can buy three copies, four copies, five copies. Here, guys, here's a game. But they don't need four copies. They need 4,000 copies, 50,000, 100,000. If they want to stay in business and they want to keep making stuff, they need to sell, sell, and sell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's so, all I got. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's enough. So... Yeah, like you said, we always try to do our best to re-examine games, so clearly we're going to be doing that, and I'm sure Oliver will be taking a hard look at it every time it has any sort of major update or expansion, we'll come back to it. Yep, So, definitely. In the meantime, thanks guys for listening. Uh, this was Rob, Nate, and Oliver with our Audible extension of Interstellar Space Genesis. Thanks for listening, and until next time, see you guys later. Bye. <laughs>